Hello, and welcome to the Teachly University podcast, a podcast that takes complex topics in business, investing, entrepreneurship, psychology, and other topics, and simplifies such a way we can take action and get immediate results in your business and personal life. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today in what is now my fourth podcast in the Teachly podcast series. And in this lecture today, we're going to be discussing something called the Babe Ruth effect. And the Babe Ruth effect is, is a term and it's used often in, in statistics and probability and, and as well as investing in stock trading. Uh, but I, I believe it can be applied not just in finance, but in other fields as well. And we're going to explore the Babe Ruth effect in this lecture. And what do we mean when I discuss the Babe Ruth effect? Well, when you look at, for example, in business, how a number of businesses fail after a certain number of years. And there's a variety of reasons why that's the case. And oftentimes in entrepreneurship and when starting a business, there's a lot of trial and error involved. And for those of you who are listening and who are business owners, you, you'll certainly understand what I'm talking about. Starting a business is not easy because there's no clear cut way to necessarily start a business or to put it another way, there's a lot of different ways to start a business, to market yourself, or to design a product or service. But the fact is there's a lot of ambiguity and vagueness there that when it comes to starting a business. But through trial and error, we often can fail a lot. But what often happens, and I think this is an interesting observation, I think when it comes to entrepreneurship is that, or, or starting any business, is that one idea being right just once can can change everything, really, when you think about it. Um, and and I, I like to use uh, uh, authors, for example, or the publishing world, another world that I, that I venture in, where oftentimes many writers will submit a number of, or write a number of books, they'll submit a number of query letters to different publishers, and they end up getting rejected and turned down. And a lot of their books and drafts perhaps maybe aren't very good, but sometimes just one book with one publisher can can change everything, can change your whole life. And we can look at J.K. Rowling, for example. She was rejected by a number of publishers until a small publisher in England finally took a chance on her. And of course, the rest is history. That one book changed her life and and changed storytelling and the publishing business, the publishing industry and literature for the better. Uh, when you look in business, Oftentimes, a lot of the, your businesses or ideas or products or services may fail. And but through that trial and error, we can discover one idea that could potentially change everything that can change and transform your whole business. So when it comes to the Babe Ruth effect, the Babe Ruth effect is basically how it's not the frequency of being right but it is the magnitude. And I actually want to quote uh, a Richard Epstein, who is the author of the theory of gambling statistical logic, who said, in the real world, there's no easy way to assure a financial profit. At least it is gratifying to rationalize it would rather lose intelligently than win ignorantly. And I want to ask you, what, what do you think, or how does that relate to the Babe Ruth effect? And I think the answer to that question, I think, goes back to what I've talked about when it comes to speculation and managing risk and the difference between, say, speculation and gambling. And with gambling, there is no sort of calculation. You're running on raw emotion. 
But the, the problem with gambling is that you could actually be right. And this can actually encourage even more risky behavior where you can make very poor decisions. Because even if you're right, you don't know how it is that you were right to begin with, which could be very problematic. Whereas if you lose intelligently, yes, you may have lost, but you lost in a way where you can learn from your mistakes and increase the magnitude of when you are right. And as far as right and wrong, many of us don't like being wrong. We don't like it. It doesn't feel good to fail or to be wrong. We have a a bias towards being right because it feels good. We like uh, feeling right or being right because it satisfies our ego. And to quote, and this is actually from an article called The Babe Ruth Effect, and I'm actually going to apply the link uh, to this article on the, the podcast page. And I'm going to read an excerpt of it called The Downside of Hardwiring. In 1979, Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky outlined prospect theory, which identifies economic behaviors that are inconsistent with rational decision making. One of the most significant insights from the theory is that people exhibit significant aversions to losses when making choices between risky outcomes, no matter how small the stakes. In fact, Kahneman and Tversky found that a loss has about two and a half times the impact of a gain of the same size. In other words, people feel a lot worse about losses of a given size than they feel good about a gain of a similar magnitude. So there's a reason why we like to avoid failure or losses or being wrong because it feels just as bad. It doesn't feel good to, to be wrong because the magnitude of being wrong could potentially be a lot worse, which is why we try to try we try to be right more frequently. But the problem with with that mindset is that what was interesting about that or observing this sort of way of thinking is that it can actually prevent you from really being able to increase the probability of striking a big, of achieving a, a goal or basically being able to uh, hit it big with, with a, a decision that you make that could potentially change your life or your business. And to continue on with this article from Kahneman and Tversky when it comes to this, the danger of this hardwiring, this behavioral fact means that people are a lot happier when they are right frequently. What's interesting is that being right frequently is not necessarily consistent with an investment portfolio that outperforms its benchmark. And they're referring really to developing an investment portfolio. The percentage of stocks that go up in a portfolio does not determine its performance. It is a dollar change in the portfolio. A few stocks going up or down dramatically will often have a much greater impact on portfolio performance than the batting average. So what, what are they trying to say here, you think, when it comes to the Babe Ruth effect? Well, what they're trying to say is that you can be wrong a lot, but if you learn how to minimize your risk and learn when to cut your losses, and increase while increasing the chances of these long tail events or basically a trade or a stock or an, an investment i use those words interchangeably you have to excuse me on that but it increases the probability that you can enter a position that can pay off handsomely when you minimize your risk and maximize the possibility of a huge gain in terms of a stock price, or perhaps maybe when it comes to marketing through trial and error, one marketing strategy 
whether it's a direct mailer, whether it's an email campaign or social media campaign, can potentially transform your business. And in order to get there, however, it does require that we're willing to be wrong. And it is okay to be wrong. But the problem is, again, as I said, we don't like that feeling. It sucks being wrong. And I've been wrong plenty of times. But in order for us to get it right, it does require that we fail. But I, I think there's a psychological aspect to this. This, this, I guess, this aversion to being wrong. And to quote another white paper article, this is called The Loser's Game by Charles D. Ellis. And uh, I'll actually, again, add this link uh, to the PDF for this. So just to read an excerpt from this, which I think relates to what we're talking about. Psychologists advise us that the more important the old concept of reality is to a person, the more important it is to a sense of self-esteem and sense of inner worth. The more tenaciously he will hold on to the old concept and the more insistently he will assimilate, ignore or reject new evidence that conflicts with his old and familiar concept of the world. This behavior is particularly common among very bright people because they can so easily develop and articulate self-persuasive logic to justify the conclusions they want to keep. And this is a, a great excerpt. And I think what Ellis is, is really talking about here is that when it comes to experts, experts can have a very narrow-minded view of the world. They have this very narrow view or area of expertise, which is fine. Experts, as I've said, offer value. But the problem with experts is that they have this very narrow view that prevents them from really having a more broader sense of the world. And also this open-mindedness where they, they can embrace being wrong. Experts don't like being wrong because, well, they proclaim themselves to be experts. Experts are supposed to be right all the time, supposedly. But they're not. Experts are wrong and they're, and they're wrong quite often. And it's because of our past experiences. You know, we have these involuntary reactions to our external environment. We have our personality that was cemented through repetitive uh, thoughts and behaviors and actions that have created these habits and these behaviors that have become part of our personality and, and really are, we have created these unconscious behaviors that we don't, we're not even aware of most of the time that we engage in. But yet, the, when you look at this another way, many of the decisions we make are based on the experiences of the past. We, we base decisions by looking at a rearview mirror which is why more often than not, we make the same decisions, have the same habits that keep giving us the same results. Hence why so many of us do not like the feeling of being wrong. But there's nothing wrong with, I saw I'm being redundant here, but there's, there's nothing wrong with failing. Failing is a necessity in order to be able to get where we wanna be. And that's where really growth can happen can occur is when our circumstances make it where it seems like we, we're not really sure of how it is that we're going to achieve a desired result. An example, ours, for example, maybe you're a stock trader and you're trying to grow your portfolio and you're trying to make more money. And the problem is, however, is that we're maybe we're struggling. We've, we've had a lot of failed trades and we're not really sure what's going on. We get frustrated and then we get emotional. And once we let our emotions dictate our decisions absent of any sort of calculation that's when problems can arise 
And that's something that we want to avoid. It requires calculation. It requires calculation. But it's really all about staying in the game. Or it's having skin in the game, as Nassim Tlaib puts in his new book that uh, came out recently. It's having skin in the game. It's, it's staying in the game and so that you can continue to fight for another day. And that's really where miracles happen. That's where amazing things happen. If you're willing to stay in the game and make calculated risks when it comes to uh, your stock portfolio, when it comes to your business and entrepreneurship, or when it comes to relationships. You know, there, there's this can apply to dating as well, believe it or not. Because it really, when you think about relationships, there's a lot of volatility when it comes to human interaction. We can't predict what other people are going to do when we interact with them, whether or not they're going to like us or not. And this can create frustration. But it is in these interactions, the more we interact with others and be willing to make these sort of bets in a way where we can continue to interact with other people in a friendly sort of way, where we just use common sense when it comes to how we approach others, that can yield very good results in our personal lives. But again, no one likes being wrong. Or another way, and it comes to relationships, again, no one likes being rejected either. And again, this goes back to these ancestral, uh, psychological rooted behaviors that we've adopted from our Paleolithic ancestors. When it comes to rejection, I mean, think about this. If you look at ancient man, ancient man survived by living in tribes. They lived in tribes and they, they hunted, they went to war, and they socialized in groups. And what happens if you are a member of this tribe and you are rejected or uh, kicked out of the tribe? Well, that was essentially a death sentence because you have to survive on the wild on your own. And you pretty much finish at that rate. So there's a there's a deeply rooted psychological response to when we are rejected. But this is only temporary. And what separates human beings from other animals is that we have the ability to think and rationalize. We have that prefrontal cortex that we all have that allows us to think and to rationalize and that we can become self-aware of our own uh, strengths and weaknesses so that we can make better decisions. Again, it's calculation. But calculation and thinking doesn't mean just sitting and pondering about a particular problem. There's our unconscious abilities. We have this the, the subconscious or the, the deeper mind, as I like to put it, where we can bring about profound change. The brain is always listening. The brain is always listening. And what does that mean? Well, that means that when you think about it, Every day we are bombarded with information on a daily basis from social media, from pundits, from a variety of different sources. And it could be overwhelming. Now, we may think that we're tuning out a lot of this information, but subconsciously we are absorbing all this content on a daily basis that over time can impact our behaviors. If you think about how our personality was even created, 
since we were children, we were taught to think and act a certain way by teachers, parents, authority fig figures, friends and family, and so on and so forth. And of course, by our culture. And a lot of this was done without much effort. It was through repetition that over time created these subconscious behaviors that have become part of our personality. And that's when we have this unconscious or involuntary reactions to what happens in our lives. And it's this, these subconscious behaviors that can determine our reality. And this is where not just our positive behaviors, but also our negative behaviors uh, reside. And if we are to change how we make decisions and how we can increase the probability of success, it requires looking within the subconscious and being able to change the content that we expose ourselves to. What does this have to do really with the Babe Ruth effect? Well, if we are to hit that home run, if we are to, to get that one great idea, that, that, that one book, that one business, that one trade, that one marketing strategy, that one relationship that can change everything, it requires then that we have to change the way we think and act. Again, it was Einstein that said that Insanity is doing the same things over and over again until you get a different result. You cannot expect to get that home run or to hit that home run by just keep doing the same things over and over again, to keep causes you to strike out or to get these wins that don't really matter. Being right a lot doesn't necessarily increase the chances of improving your results in your business and your career and your personal life. You can be right a lot, but the risks that you're taking are so minimal that the payoff is small. It's not even worth it. So then that's what leads to procrastination. All of us do things every day, like checking our email and, and, and scrolling on social media or doing thing, other things in our business that, yeah, maybe that we execute them or we get them done, but they don't move us any closer to where we want to be. And growth requires that tension. And that's not always easy. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to, to that tension in order for us to grow. But it is necessary if we're serious about striking it big. But there's something really profound about making it big, that get, hitting that home run. Because it gives us that inspiration to strive. Because once we hit that home run, then it can become easier when it comes to achieving all of our other goals. Because the problem is that many of us, we try to do so many things at the same time. But the problem is that when we try to do everything all at once, we end up not doing anything. We end up not accomplishing anything. It's better to focus on one goal at a time. When you focus on one goal, you can devote all your energies into that one task. And when you accomplish your desired goal, then all of the other goals that you have can fall into place. Because of the Babe Ruth effect, because of the magnitude of that bet that you made, that it can transform your life in so many different ways. And it requires taking chances, not being reckless, managing our risk, knowing what we're getting ourselves into, but it does require risk. 
Starting a business does require putting up some capital. Maybe not much, but it's required putting up some capital. You might lose some of it. But if you structure your business in such a way that you don't lose your shirt, you don't lose all your money, you can live to fight another day. Well, you can take another chance so you can hit that home run. And why the Babe Ruth effect is even called the Babe Ruth effect is that Babe Ruth obviously is one of the most prolific hitters in baseball history. But even all his home runs and all, and even though he's a great hitter, he struck out a lot. But even with all his strikeouts, he was still one of the most prolific hitters of all time. Sometimes you just have to go for it. And sometimes you just have to be willing to embrace being wrong. Just because you're wrong a lot doesn't necessarily mean you're on the wrong path. It could actually mean that you're one step closer to hitting that home run. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I encourage you to visit my website at teachleyuniversity.com. You can view all my courses. Also, you can visit my Udemy page. You can view, purchase all my courses online. And I encourage you to subscribe to my YouTube channel when you get updates on all my new lectures on YouTube. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast, and I'll see you in the next lecture.